0: The Post-Race Bristol Podcast is brought to you by Samtech, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Accelerate your career as a high-performance engine builder with classroom instruction and practical hands-on experience in the lab, on the dyno, and at the track. Samtech graduates work for performance race shops, parts manufacturers, professional race teams, and some start their own engine building shops or parts manufacturer companies. Samtech graduates, are hired by the best in the performance racing industry, whether that's on championship teams in NASCAR, NHRA, or IndyCar. For more information to start your education at full speed, go to samtech.edu today. We are back on the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast. I am your host Jeff Gluck, and I'm sitting here with Jenna Fryer at Bristol Motor Speedway, who's already hitting herself in the head over the silliness of this whole scene.
1: I didn't know that you do this like Wolfman Jack thing. <laughs> like,
0: I don't know what that is. What's that?
1: Well, you know what Wolfman Jack is. No, he was like a famous radio guy. The way you open it, you're like, all right, folks, we're back.
0: Well, you couldn't hear the EDM music I was playing for my intro. So that was, well, oh, I, every, it was, everybody was getting pumped. You couldn't hear it. That was that, what that was.
1: What if EDM music makes you sad?
0: What if EDM music makes you sad? Why would it make you sad? If
1: I think you could be one of those people, not you particularly, but I think there are people out there who it's just not for them. And they listen to it and it makes their head want to explode.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I think of all your people, oh,
1: all your people, Jeff, not just the EDMers.
0: So you're saying I've alienated a lot of people? Is that why my podcast isn't like in the top 200 on iTunes or something?
1: Yes, yes, yes. You're cutting off your audience.
0: Okay, I'll take that into consideration. By the way, this is a good transition because at the end of your interview, the kid, 14 year old kid that does my EDM music, I, I interviewed him this weekend at Bristol. So I'm putting that at the end of this podcast. What
1: do, you, what do you mean you have a kid who does your music?
0: There's a 14-year-old kid from Alabama. He's in middle school, and he did my EDM intro music, and he came to the race this weekend. Well, he didn't come today because it was rained out. But he had to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm serious.
1: This is okay.
0: <laughs> Jenna's shaking her head at this whole <laughs> scene. All right, so let me paint the picture for you guys. <laughs> We're sitting in this really um comfy dusty yes comfy sweet high atop bristol motor speedway we stepped out of the press box but we're next door we can see it through a glass window we can look at all the people who are still on deadline we're like right in the middle of turns uh three and four where we watch most of the race and we're in these creaky seats oh oh it reclines wait lean back oh wait no it's just broken <laughs> never mind But, um, yeah, so we're sitting here in these, like, theater seats. I don't think anybody used this suite this weekend because everything is dusty still. Don't let Marcus Smith hear this.
1: You think Marcus Smith listens? You don't think?
0: (laughs) 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 Okay. Cassie might. Okay. You you think Cassie listens to the podcast but not Marcus Smith?
1: Marcus is busy. He's trying to get
0: a soccer team. Cassie's busy. Cassie has awesome videos of her singing and dancing and stuff. Better than you? I don't sing and dance. I've seen it Okay, Don't <laughs> tell anybody that Listen, um, I was practically dancing today Jenna Because we saw a really good race And I was pretty pumped up about it You are, uh, let's say, a little bit cynical About the racing sometimes I can be too What did you think of the racing today?
1: Uh, yeah, that was good at times It was um, I, I wish that Kyle Larson had been in his normal target scheme Because you could lose him Kind of in the pack, I thought
0: because are you colorblind? You can't see blue?
1: No, I can see blue. But I just felt he, you know, I, you could lose him in this pack if traffic. And he was kind of what you were wanting to watch for a long part of the race. There was a very nice stretch of racing where there were four guys racing for the lead. Um, Jimmy, Larson. Truex, or Boyer. Truex. Yeah, Boyer and Truex. And I think that that was pretty good. You don't see that anymore. Like... But I still think that we had all this, like, much ado about are there going to be two lanes and which is going to be the preferred lane and you're going to have to gouge people and you're going to have to bump them. And I still think that clean air kind of played a big factor, like the leader was the leader.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, it is kind of weird to look at it in some ways. And as racy as it was, like Kyle Larson, I didn't realize this till after the race, he only led... The one time. He led 202 laps to start. What?
1: Only the one time, you know, like most of the race. But
0: He was like up there, and it, I felt like after the race that he led a few times and, you know, because he was he was constantly battling for the lead, but he was never able to retake the lead. However, I do think there was a lot of – you had a lot of parity in some ways because Jimmy led 81 laps. Truex led 116 laps. You had Logano lead 72. Yeah, you want to put that in your story?
1: Um... It's too late. It's not too late, but why are you giving me extra work?
0: <laughs> Sorry, don't don't worry. By the time this comes out, your story will be out, and nobody will go back and read it. Does that make you feel better? Yes, yeah, much. Okay. So, but anyway, I mean, there was there was some decent parody. You know, some of it was on pit stops. I know Logano took House the
1: lead. Sandhouse and Bain, I who should have been expected to run well, both ran well. So that's parody.
0: You, you expect the Roush cars to yeah, run well? That's, that's, a, that's very yeah, nice of you.
1: I, I expect the Roush cars to run well here. I think that if you go back the last three years, the Roush cars, this has been one of the few places they've run well. And so me saying that the Roush cars ran well shows that there's parity because they normally wouldn't be.
0: No, that's, that's true. That's a fair point. And I think that you could even say the same thing about the Ganassi cars. I mean, ultimately... Well, Ganassi cars are having an all-around good year. Right, but I'm saying more than the 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 Roush cars are too, really. I mean, they're not as good as the Ganassi cars, but they're 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 better than their previous Roush selves, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. They're not looking as Roushish as they were. Is that fair? <laughs> it was
1: like it was like um at the beginning of this race uh before Busher wrecked and um DW was going through the wreck and he goes, "They just got all woed up there." And I sent a text to some of my friends saying, "That's a real NASCAR word. They got all wowed up." And then in Busher's interview, he goes, "We just got woed up." It's like how you just said Roush's, like.
0: So yeah, we're <laughs> it's all our own vocabulary. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of racing terms here. I don't know if the Roush people are gonna hear it, but or gonna appreciate it. But you said that nobody listens to the podcast, so I don't have to worry about they do you're, you're, you're like a rock star that doesn't mean that people listen to the podcast <laughs>
1: we better hope they do something to continue supporting you
0: <laughs> okay well i i appreciate who whoever does listen to it but <laughs> probably nobody with roush and we know that marcus smith doesn't listen to it and probably is not guess.
1: is my guess I, is my guess is that marcus smith doesn't do you really think i i probably like, agree- what if this week he calls us both and he was like that was a great podcast he
0: only has your number he doesn't have my
1: number Alright, you want Gluck's number? No, I no, I, I was going to put it on the podcast and that's how he would... Oh,
0: oh, no, no. I see what you're saying.
1: Then he would have your number because he would have to listen to this podcast to get it.
0: No, I'd rather you didn't put my number on the podcast. I mean, people can just... just d people really do listen to it. People can DM me if they just... I mean, my DMs are open, so... I bet you let people slide into your DMs. Dude, you wouldn't believe the weird crap that people slide into my DMs oh, with.
1: because they know your wife's away and they're wondering
0: if the cat will play. no. No, I'm talking about like weird. Hold on. We got to We got to open this. Look at some of this weird stuff. Okay. This person. Blessings and prayers for you and a successful week in Washington. 60% of Dems out of touch. So it will have to be God. This is somebody that slid into my
1: DMs. (laughs) Yeah, I don't get those. I mostly just get people. You can see that I blocked her. Oh, yeah. You don't want the Godness?
0: No, it's just weird stuff. Like, um, here's another one. Latrell says. <laughs>
1: what's up?
0: What's <"Wazz> up? <laughs> 23 hours ago, Latrell chimed in with what's up?
1: Why don't you see what's up?
0: Should I write back right now?
1: I'll hold the mic so you can write back. I'm hol- Just so you, you can visualize what's happening. I'm holding the mic so that Gluck can write, what's up, Latrell? He just hit send.
0: Oh, <laughs> look at his profile.
1: Ball is life. <laughs> yeah, ball. <laughs>
0: so let's just go through one more. Here's a no, here's one from yesterday.
1: Um, salute Kava. <laughs> I think they want you to wire money. I don't but know. yeah,
0: yeah, that one was from Musa. So anyway, you can see that. Uh, that? uh yeah. Are your DMs open? Can people? Oh.
1: No, my DMs are not. But my. Um twitter mentions are open
0: <laughs> those are Yeah you've gotten a few of those Lately huh one to, <laughs> one to two Should we talk about your Week or should we skip that
1: it's up to you I don't. I mean I, you're, I don't know what your, your Readers your listeners want to hear
0: Well I tell you what um a few weeks Ago I did a podcast with Matt Weaver On the drive home from Martinsville and we got Talking about sheets so I think They'll listen to whatever so Let's talk about your week really quick before we get back to this Race um you got shit on this week a little bit is that fair to say
1: yeah i I took some abuse but you know after the first after the first wave i smartened up and kind of stopped paying attention to it but you know um danica once told me that she gets so many mentions she gets so many things in her mentions that she can't literally she literally can't so she kind of will like thumb through them and she'll see like the very first ones that are in the queue and i finally found out what she was talking about because I had so many mentions that you really could only see like the because you're not going to sit there and spend your whole day so because of that you're able to pick one bad one really bad one out of that cluster and sort of make fun of it but yeah I stopped reading I stopped paying attention I know that Mario Andretti said some things about me that I won't read because who wants to be psychologically damaged by Mario Andretti saying bad things about you in an article like that's like who wants to live with that? So I just went about my life and came to Bristol.
0: So, um th- for those who don't know, she, Jen had written a column about the Indy 500 and said that Fernando Alonso coming wasn't quite the big deal that everybody was making out to be. And it, especially in America, would have been a much bigger deal if perhaps like a Tony or Danica type had been in yeah. it because Alonso doesn't really, Alonso internationally may move the needle, but people in Uh, The United States don't care as much about F1, which whether you agree with the point, uh, people didn't need to probably come after you like they did.
1: No, they probably didn't, but, you know, that's...
0: Why are people so defensive in IndyCar?
1: Well, they're defensive in all forms of racing. That's true. It's the state of racing, and it's the state of um, everyone is satisfied for the wrong reasons. They accept small gains as massive victories. And it, it's funny, on the one side, on the NASCAR side, everything's a failure and everything is gloom and doom and nothing goes right and everything is a gimmick that doesn't work. And on the other side, it's like, this is the greatest thing we've ever done. Point two at Long Beach. You are like, you know, like, there's not a happy medium in, in motorsports right now. Nobody really, it's a moving target and it's sort of the Wild West. I said to somebody, I said, you know, I could have, I had two things to write about coming out of Easter on the off week, Alonzo. Or softer tires at the All-Star Race. I mean, that's what... it's. This is a blank slate right now, and they could have blown up the All-Star Race, and you could have been shot from cannons and had to foot race to your car and then, like, drive it down 29 and get it filled up at a real gas station and, like, have to navigate through the fan zone to come back. Like, you could have literally done anything you wanted to the All-Star Race, and you came up with softer tires. And... IndyCar literally could do anything they want. And they, you know, Alonso's a great, great get for the speedway. But it's not, I don't think, a long term fix for what the series is trying to gain.
0: And you're making that point in a column that you're currently working on. I can see it on your laptop. I don't know if I was supposed to say that.
1: Yeah, well, I just am trying to because I, I feel like I, I could have just ignored this, which I only write a column on Mondays, which is part of my disadvantage. It's that I had to wait a full seven days to really, truly react to it. And I just want to I want I don't want to run from it and hide from it. I'd like to try to better articulate my points yeah. that were missed.
0: Will it be awkward for you next time you go to an IndyCar race? Or are you just going to go in with like Jenna Swagger and not worry about it? Are they going to take my
1: hard card? I don't know.
0: Stop.
1: No, I mean, I'm fine. Like, I confront things. I always learned, like, I always respected Carl Edwards for this. Carl would disagree with a lot of things, or maybe not a lot. I mean, but when Carl disagreed with something, he wouldn't call you out publicly. He wouldn't embarrass you. He would call you and have a private conversation and ask you, why did you say it like that? Or, well, you know, if if you would come to me, I would have told you this, this. And I just always respected that. I always have respected that you handle things diplomatically and professionally. And I'll go, you know, if, I, if I'd known it was going to rain for three days here, I probably should have gone to Barber and and said hey to everyone and just owned it. I got to own it. But I, it doesn't change change what I think or what I feel about the situation it just I'm owning the opportunity to better clarify myself
0: yeah and I think too that I mean we're sort of taught that you know when you write something critical you sort of have to show your face again you know it's it's like a lot of it would be easier to run from it in some ways or just you know especially if like like you're an NFL columnist or something and you you're you write something critical of the opposing team and you don't have to see that person again. But when you have to see these people week after week, the best thing to do is almost give them an opportunity to yell at you in some ways.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, Twitter did. Twitter gave an opportunity to many people in that series to yell at me. And I wish that they hadn't done it that way. You know, they all, they all or any one of them could have called me and said, Jenny, you're out of your mind. And I could have said, this is where my heart was coming from. And it would have made all the difference. But, you know, once you open the floodgates and you, I'm also a big, big, big opponent of media on media crime and when you have other reporters who are now making it their cause or getting involved or turning it into a story like AP Reuter gets blasted I that that's like poor form to me
0: yeah I really hate that that's a huge pet peeve of mine and it does happen here in NASCAR sometimes but I won't call anybody out because that would also be media on media crime, right?
1: It's like, it's like media on media crime. Like you don't need to do that. Like, like if that's what we've related, if that's what we've succumbed to and that's what we need, then all of motorsports is in a lot bigger trouble than anyone is realizing.
0: Right. Surely there must be other storylines than to (laughs) make that the big issue of the day. But anyway, I really didn't, uh, Intentionally, you may think I did now uh, that we talked about this, but I didn't intentionally um, have you on the podcast just so you could, I could have your week exposed to everybody. But um, we can talk. Go back to talking about the rest of the race. Let's talk about uh, Larson. I wrote about this in my column today. Um, dude, Larson is just like he's so good. He's so good. So awesome to watch. Really, he really is running the Indianapolis
1: 500 in 2018. You mark my words.
0: So um, Alonzo versus Larson,
1: maybe if Alonzo if comes back, Larson will be in that
0: race next year. That would be very fun to watch. Also, there's something I mean, it was weird. So like he parks his car. Right. And I'm, I'm like, I got to go talk to Larson. So I I like have this big grin on my face because I was like, this is off. This was so cool. This was a great race. He's getting out of his car sort of frowny face and he's looking at me like puzzled. Like I'm standing there like uh-huh. like big smile and he's all like frown i'm like oh i'm thinking oh yeah he he's probably not very happy but i don't care where he finished you know what i mean like i was just like that was cool he it probably wasn't cool for him that he finished six after he could have won but like he when you watch him from up here like we did all day like half the fun of the whole race was just watching what he was doing you know yeah he's
1: quite fearless i felt like and and i like the way he didn't care whether his car worked up top or not he was hell-bent to try to make it work Um, I I like to watch what Larson race. I think he's come a world from where he was when he was a rookie with all the expectation but I still I almost tweeted it midway through the race that this was a race between Larson and what Ganassi and or driver mistakes happen and sure enough he was speeding on pit road
0: Um, Clint Boyer finished second today that's kind of a good thing for Clint Boyer and I think it's a good thing for NASCAR that He's having competitive runs again. You know, it's been sort of a long drought for Boyer, and, and he was like a different guy the last few years. He just wasn't quite his fun self. And as long as he's competitive, I, I feel like it's good for everybody to see him like that. I,
1: wrote, I actually wrote that recently. I used the line, like, trust me, a happy Boyer is good for the entire industry because he's just so much fun, and he's just so out there, and he's so different. And for him to have this run today, um, I, I you know— Two of the SHR cars were really strong, and for one of them to be Boyer, they've got a lot of races to sell uh, in that organization. And you know, it's a it's a nice it's a nice start to the season and a nice second chance to his career.
0: Uh, let's talk about Jimmy Johnson. I guess since he won, um, we should probably talk about him. Uh, two in a row for Jimmy, one shy of Cale Yarber on the all time list you know he's just jimmy doing jimmy things i guess is there anything that stuck out to you about him today
1: yeah that he hates this place he's not good here and he still had a car that was you know probably that th- that the only the only person who could beat him I, w- was if larson hadn't had this beating penalty and he hates this place and he you know and he can't figure it out and so it's just jimmy doing jimmy things and he um like a month ago all you guys were like, Jimmy, what's wrong with you? You're off for the worst start of your career and now he's got back to back wins and like
0: Doesn't that count as media on media crime, Jenna?
1: <laughs> I didn't say who did it. I just I just know that a lot of people were like, Oh my god, Jimmy Johnson's all washed up.
0: Um, Jimmy Johnson, greatest driver ever, or you're not ready to say that?
1: Oh, I don't know. I've I have no idea. I you know, I didn't even start watching racing until, you know, it was already almost the Jeff Gordon era. There's a lot of good drivers. I do think...
0: Okay, well, I said greatest driver ever.
1: Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I do think, though, if you ask me on the IndyCar side, I can say with certainty that Scott Dixon is the greatest driver of this generation, like, I think that you can quantify things like that. Like the whole Alonzo debate, he's the best driver in the world. I say, well, how do you how do you quantify that? Yeah. You know, how do you know Larson's not the best driver in the world? Because Larson can raise on concrete or pavement or dirt, you know? Like, I just don't know. I, I think you need to say he's the greatest driver in what qualifier.
0: So, um, Jenna, we need a hashtag for people to talk about this podcast if they want to discuss it with you or other people i know they won't slide into your dms but they could tweet you about it and you might skim your mention so what should the uh what should the hashtag be for this week do you have any nominations
1: i don't know you should have warned me about this part
0: how about um
1: marcus listen
0: (laughs) that's so good does marcus listen okay so if you want to talk about this hashtag does marcus listen (laughs)
1: Marcus hashtag Does Marcus Listen? <laughs> okay,
0: and um, we appreciate Jenna Fryer's time. Now we're going to go to my interview with Enshroud. In Jenna, he does my music. She's not saying anything. He, his name's Austin, but his his DJ name is In Shroud.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. Anyway, we're <laughs> going to listen to that now. So uh, I wanted to introduce you guys to somebody because I'm getting a lot of tweets every week asking about the music on these podcasts. And uh, I'm here with the, the person that's created that music. Um, he goes by the name of Enshroud, uh, although I can call you Austin, right? Yeah, go ahead.
2: Austin is fine.
0: Austin. Um, first of all, is um, it okay to tell people like how, how old you are. Oh
2: yeah, go ahead. I'm um, 14.
0: Okay. You're only 14. You're doing this awesome music. You're in middle school, correct?
2: Yeah. Eighth grade.
0: Okay, Eighth grader making this awesome music. Um, I mean, you're a student, obviously, but you're also producing some electronic music. How did you get started on this? I mean, for people that don't know, like, you just sit there and make it on your computer, essentially?
2: Uh, yeah, pretty much. It all started off with uh, me discovering a German band called The Prodigy. That got me into, like, the basis of electronic music. Then I went there, discovered Monster Cat, and then started listening to more electronic music. Then I discovered Ableton Live. And then I've been making music for about two and a half years, but I've been taking it professionally. Or quote professionally for about a year or so.
0: And are you a NASCAR fan, or are you just being polite and tagging along with your dad, who's a bigger fan? Uh, just
2: a little bit of both.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, uh, and you were for Dale Junior, is that correct? Yeah,
2: Dale Junior. Why Dale Junior? Mountain Dew, honestly.
0: Mountain Dew. Okay, that's an interesting connection. So you're drinking. You're actually drinking Mountain <laughs> Dew as we speak. Um, so that that's why you got into Dale Junior. Yeah, pretty much. Where can people find your music, I guess, on SoundCloud is the best way for now?
2: SoundCloud is mainly where I use, and I also have a backup SoundCloud account called Shroudy's Other Stuff, and that's what I use for most of my whips and songs I won't release.
0: So um, the account is soundcloud.com slash and shroud, which is E-N-S-H-R-O-W-D. I'm trying to do it in my head. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. A little bit different spelling on En but it's a cool spelling. Why did you pick in Shroud for your name?
2: Uh, whew, This is going to be kind of a cringeworthy thing. But uh, back like two, three years ago, I was on Facebook and I was Monster Cat fan base and stuff. And we were talking and I was trying to pick out a good alias for my music because I started taking it professionally or professionally. And um, one of my friends talked to me and said that enshroud' Shroud would be a good name. Uh, We were trying to look for things to kind of like cover up i guess that would be uh i've always had this idea of a chill ep like more or less chill out ambient about maybe covering up being something really slow moving and all that i will start working on that this summer hopefully but there's no promises because i've been trying to work for it for like a year
0: so there you have it that is in Troud and he is the music that you hear on the podcast so now you know so yeah.